You're watching the Desert Moon Hockey Podcast with Matt and Rich. All right, episode 30, Desert Moon, yada, yada, whatever. Look, look, I, I would be in a much better mood right now if I wasn't, like, kicking myself in the arsehole right now because, my God, do you know what, I, what, I, what mistake I made, what decision I did not make this week, Richard? Do you know what I, I chose not hmm. to do and I don't know if I can, if I can forgive myself for this? Like, th- this actually might be worse than like being unfaithful to my wife. Like th- this is how serious of a mistake that I made. Do you, can you can you take a guess? Well, it was being unfaithful to the jersey and the hat above, would it not? Oh god. So. <laughs> so, uh <laughs> last paycheck, I had 107 bucks to my name. I ended up buying a an ASU jersey for 60 or 70 bucks or 65 or 70 bucks because I'm like, you know what? I wanted one of these anyway, why not? I if I would have stretched it I would have had enough for a standing room ticket. My wife claimed a student section ticket, so we could have been there. We could have been there, and uh, we decided just not to go because, like, I didn't buy the ticket, and she didn't want to go by herself, and it's a whole thing, parking, whatever. But it's like, we just yep. decided not to go. And I, I, I don't know how to watch the games other than Pac-12 Network, and I kind of find a lot of those things to be, like, overpriced. But So I, I didn't get to watch it, but I was following along on Twitter. Guess who scored the first freaking goal for ASU in the Mullet Arena. Well, it'd be none other than uh, future Coyotes captain, Joshua Doan. I I think I hate myself. I think, you know what, like, like unironically, I think, like, the, the, the only way I could feel worse is if I was, like, unfaithful to my wife or something like that. Because I feel like I have betrayed something because, you know what... It was affordable. It was right there. I wanted to be there opening night. I was talking about it forever, and I was like, just for whatever reason, chose not to. And the first effing goal goes to Joshua Doan. All right? The Chad himself, the savior of this franchise, future Captain Coyote, Shane Doan's son. I feel like I let Doan down. I, I, I can't even call myself, like, a Doan fan anymore because... How the hell do I I choose putting gas in my car over Joshua Dunn? Yeah, <laughs> I guess who, who would have guessed? But yeah, that was a that was a crazy atmosphere. I don't know if you were seeing on Twitter all the like atmosphere of of everything and wow, well, hockey doesn't belong in the desert. That, we're never gonna get that building full. Yep. We're talking about Coyotes, like not gonna get that building full. ASU sold that place out. They were selling standing room. The standing season, room season tickets are also sold out in like what a few hours or something like that yeah, yeah it was like two hours like and also like on top of that depending on what ticket package you bought you either had to make a one thousand or two thousand dollar contribution to asu you had to forcefully donate money of one to two grand and it's still sold out in like two hours Yep. Don't sit there and try to tell me, like, I don't want to ever hear anyone again say hockey doesn't belong here. All right, I already know you guys couldn't afford to go to a playoff game whenever the Coyotes were in the playoffs. The whiteout was just a freaking ruckus. All right, anywhere yep. from the footage to the America West to me being right there at Jobby.com Arena, this market's hungry. The Coyotes go over to this 5,000-seat arena, 4,700, whatever the actual final t- tally is. 32. They go to this college arena. 27. 12 people. I think it's just 12 tickets. 200. They go, to, they go to this arena, and like the the most expensive glass seats sell out immediately. And people are like, oh, well, they probably just gave those to like corporate. Like, 
They're like corporate partners. Sure, right. They're going to just give the most premium tickets away to corporate partners. Absolutely freaking stupid. That's just coping. That is just straight up cope right there. All right. But they'll, they'll start selling out. Uh, almost all of the season tickets, like the, the majority of them were selling out. Most of the single game seats are selling out. They're projecting to sell out every single night. But the people are still saying... They won't sell out hockey doesn't belong there. Or, oh, well, it's not it's not hard to sell out 5K. Bro, I thought the, the Jets, I thought hockey belonged in Winnipeg, and they'd be able to sell out every night. Uh, they, they didn't even sell out their home opener. Nope. And people want to be like, oh, well, something about playoffs or, or the team. Like, no, no, no. No, remember, we're, we're supposed to sell out every single night, yet the Coyotes are going to have one of the highest sellout percentages this season, and you guys are going to cry about it. Like, immediately the market showed in Tempe via ASU hockey, via the Coyotes, even Tucson embraced the Roadrunners and still get consistent numbers that this market loves hockey. You just you did not capitalize on the market and the amount of people are like are, are chanting and cheering for this to fail. You look stupid, and I'm like, I look at the passion there. Like, I know, I know, I shouldn't get fired up or emotional or whatever. And it's like it's cringe, fine, whatever. But it's like this market effing loves hockey. I, it's yep. always been a hockey market, all right? Just from the, 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 the grassroots growing up, it's taken 20 years to get to this point, 25, whatever the hell we've been here. You know, it's taken this long, but it's because, like, we were growing it right in a market that theoretically should have no business liking hockey. Like, everything from, from the youth leagues, you know, filling up in 45 minutes or whatever it is to the ASU actually getting enough funding and enough like recognition, not only get decent prospects to come over here, decent players to commit, but also to afford their own building. Like U of A, they're building theirs now, but U of A, it took them longer than ASU. ASU is getting good recruits. ASU literally that place was rocking. Like even like the game that I went to for the women's hockey, like it was a scrimmage. It was a three on three scrimmage, and people were there excited for ASU. It's like it was such a, a powerful atmosphere. Like like mm-hmm. this market loves hockey. Straight up, this market loves hockey. And I, I I just I should have gone to that freaking game. I I, I should have. I'm not going to be able to afford opening night for the Coyotes. I could try, but there's no way in hell. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> I just. I I I kind of hate myself for not being a part of that. I should have just, dude. I sold my first PS5 to get a, a Shane Doan jersey. I should have sold my second one too to to go watch Joshua Doan live. I'm fake fan. My God, fake fan. Anyway, Richie. Hi, Richie. <laughs> that follows up Matt's rants. <laughs> oh man, like I thought like it was our first good opening clip in forever. <laughs> was that uh good to get off your chest? I feel it feel feels good. Yeah. I still hate myself. I don't know. I, I I was a depressed like fat kid growing up, and like like I hated myself in high school. I've never felt so much self loathing that when I had the the ability to go to this like this historic moment that like y- you don't get that back, and yep. I didn't like like I should have just sold the PS Five. I'll stand by that. I, I apologize, Joshua, you'll never watch this, and you're probably, if you do, you're laughing hysterically at this freaking maniac rant, ranting on a podcast, but I apologize for for uh, not showing up. Well, I'm going to have to uh, take over the reins here real quick and uh, <laughs> bring us back in, hone us back on track here. Uh I just want to say that this is episode, I believe, 30 of the podcast. Congratulations on making it to the big 3-0, everybody. 
And uh, obviously, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed Matt's rant at the beginning there, then you absolutely should make sure that you subscribe, like, or follow on whatever platform that you're listening to this on. And uh, if you're listening to us audibly, you can also go and view us live on YouTube where we have video. And uh, yeah, on this week's episode, we have the start of the Coyotes season with their first game in Pittsburgh. Obviously, as Matt teased there at the beginning that uh, with ASU playing their first game at Mold Arena and uh, just chit-chatting, I guess, just generalized chit-chatting. Generalized chit-chat. All right, I, so let's, let's calm us down. I, I think we should start, we should actually start with a little bit of a, uh, of a little Leafs hate segment. Oh, yes, you know, yes, <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> yep. Do the honors, Richie. I'll, I'll uh, provide the color commentary. All right, so we are once again recording this on Saturday, uploading Sunday, and I believe it was today, Saturday, uh, somebody put out into the Twitter universe that the goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs one Matt Murray is going on to LTIR. Minimum four weeks is what Minimum, said, uh, the, the yep. I was reading. Remember, people, Toronto Maple Leafs, the people who said that this was a great pickup, that he was going to be better than Jack Campbell. Going on Just already on to LTIR. The amount of cope that I saw all offseason. Oh, you know what? What is it? Kyle Dubas is their GM. It's like, oh, yep. it's a great general manager. This is a this is a, a a sneaky pickup. Oh, you know, Matt Murray only sucked because Ottawa sucked. It's like, no, Matt Murray sucks because Matt Murray's not good anymore. Yeah, he also gets hurt a lot. It's, it's nothing against him as a person. I don't care one way or the other about him as a person. I hope you heal well. I hope you come back and and you look strong. But it's like they already have fifty contracts. So what they had to like do some maneuvering to allow. Tucson Roadrunners legend Eric Schalgren to to be called up and be the backup for Samsonov. It's like it, it, it's it's so weird. It, it, it's so like, oh hey, you know this is gonna be such a great move. Oh, you know the Leafs are gonna be so good. Leafs great. It's like dude, you're three games in. We're already seeing like cope. And yep. I'm like anyone could have told you like it's the same thing as as acquiring Darcy Kemper and being mad that he misses time. Same thing as acquiring. Any injury-prone player and being like, oh, well, you know, he, he misses he missed some time, missed a, a month or two. It's like, yeah, when you develop injuries and you have a higher likelihood of re-injuring them. If I break my arm, whether it's only a 2% higher chance, I am now more likely to break that same arm. Specifically in that same way, that same place, while doing the exact same activity. Because yep. that's how it works. So it's like, when guys become, like, you know injury prone you kind of have to account for this and you can't just say oh he's going to bounce back because like he's been fighting through this kind of stuff for what the last three seasons if not a little yep. more so well no because like- uh, well maybe he was an injury I, I remember he didn't play right so he won that stanley cup and then he didn't play that like regular season and then they went back in the playoffs and he won a second stanley cup was he injured during that that regular season i want to say or maybe he started injured 
I want to say I, there was I an injury there God too. You're talking about Matt or uh, Mark Andre Fleury because didn't Fleury? Maybe. No, no, Fleury missed the playoffs because Matt Murray was outplaying him for that first cup. That's right. Yeah, or the yeah. Second cup that he was outplaying. It was one of the two you, cups he was outplaying Flower, which made me sad. Yeah, Murray Murray outplayed Flower in the first cup. And then I want to say they're like, all right, let's see what Murray can do in the regular season. And then he got injured in that second season. And then he came back for the playoffs and won that second Stanley Cup. Um, yeah, it's just crazy to me watching these Maple Leafs fans justify this. It's like, you knew this was coming. You knew this was coming. You had to, like, acknowledge that this is what you, you get when you sell yourself on damaged goods. Like... Not to be a dick, but that's just kind of the truth. And it is just baffling watching that, you know, Twitter justify somebody that's just not very good anymore. It's the same and argument. It's like, it's like against Matt Murray. Like, hope mm-hmm. you heal well. We are laughing at, at the delusional Leafs fans. We are using your unfortunate situation to take a laugh out of them. So, like, if the very unlikely... Uh, like unlikely chance that you ever watch this we're taking the piss out of them we're not you know nothing against you it's just it is what it is it's like it's like us Coyotes fans when uh the Oilers picked up Mike Smith and we're like yeah good luck with that he's gonna give up a lot of stupid goals and (laughs) what did he do give up a lot of stupid goals including ones in the playoffs that costed them you know it's it's the same thing like you you got to recognize when somebody is problematic in that sense. And speaking hey, of problematic, like, problematic. All right, what, what what's your problem? We have another injury to announce. Oh God! One Nick Schmaltz injured. Did they give a national the, opinion. Or I don't know if like they got day to day. I still think he's day to day, but he was injured in the opening night game versus Pittsburgh. And, uh, man, I want to love Nick Schmaltz, but holy crap, is it so rough to see that guy struggle consistently with injuries. Just nonstop. It's also entirely possible he probably shouldn't have played opening night, because, like, remember, he missed the last, was it, two preseason games with an upper body injury, and it's like... I know you wanted to be there opening night. I know it's like it probably like you thought or the, the medical staff thought it probably was fine. And it probably might not even be the same exact injury. But again, if you're not fully healed, it's a higher likelihood of, of re-aggravating it and making it worse. It's like, let's just say he would have been out the first week. Just hypothetically. We are not doctors. I am just giving a hypothetical speculation and, and, and you know lining out my logic. If you knew he was about a week away from being 100%, you wanted Dylan Gunther to get his his evaluation anyway. Let Dylan Gunther start the season, and after Schmaltz is 100%, there you go. Because now it's entirely possible what theoretically could have been like another week before he's 100% could turn into 2-4. to four. Yep. And we're still waiting on an update. I think it's supposed to be reevaluated. But it's like he didn't return to the game, played what, what did Craig Morgan tweet out, six minutes in yeah. the first period. And, like, can I just say... Before we like really get into it, how much I respect how the team fought back, and like they were, it was almost a one goal game at one point. It was almost yeah. four to three, and like Vomelko really were like, hit. bounced back in the second you know period. It's like 
you're down a forward and, and you're finding a way to like fight back in. Like it, it, until the bottom fell out, which is pretty common from you know late last season yep. uh, or the late games in last you know last season, pretty common the bottom finally falls out. But they were competitive for a good forty minutes, like yep. right around there. So I'll, I'm not even gonna gonna be mad. I'm not I'm not even gonna disrespect it. But you know, Schmaltzy, that's I hope it's just a week. You miss a week, whatever, and you're fine. And like. The, the best case scenario is a guy like Nick Schmaltz or someone on the on the medical team is watching this, like laughing and like, wow, that AZ is a, a real idiot case, isn't he? And he's like, he's fine. Like that, that's the best case. But he's not playing tonight, so just yep. saying. Yeah, and because he's not playing tonight, uh, Dylan Gunther is getting his start in the NHL. Spicy Currently Dylan, right now as we're recording. 16 yep. minutes past four right now as, as you're listening to us currently. So uh, Spicy Dill, I, I'm predicting Hattie. I don't think I tweeted it out, but I'll predict Hattie. And then whenever he gets a negative three and maybe an assist, I'll, I'll look pretty dumb when this goes live. <laughs> I, I'm going to be cautiously optimistic. I think he'll he'll get like three shots in the game. I think that'll be good. And no goal. No, no assist, but just he'll he'll have a few shots on an NHL goalie in an NHL game, and allow himself to really start to understand what it takes to be an, a pro. That's what I'm going to do. Do you think before he gets sent back down? I'm, I'm calling five. My my gut has just said five. Not even gut, just brain. It's just the back of my head has just said five, and that that number just feels about right. To me, it sounds like they want to hold on to him and reserve him for. You know, backup cases. They're not just going to try to throw them into the fire for nine games. I, I could, I kind of agree with you. I, I would say probably like a, like a, a five or six game kind of stint. And then he gets set back down. Uh, once you send them down, can you call them back up at the end of the season once the CHL season is over, or is it only if you send them down before the start of your season then you can call them back up at the very end? I know it's like it's a weird timing thing. Yeah, I think if the CHL is over, I think that you can call them into the NHL. I want to say I think that's what you can do, but I don't know. Those rules are so obnoxiously stupid. They also, I'm assuming they get tweaked every now and again. So it's like, because think about it, like realistically, if if the AHL, because I think the AHL is a minimum of 19. If you're not from the CHL, I think if you're from like other leagues, you can be 19 and be down there, but I thought it was 20. But let's just say that the AHL was 18 flat, and like all these players were being drafted, the CHL, all three leagues would be de- like demolished every year. All the best talent would be going to the AHL because they're yep. like, hey, you know, you could just go develop against AHL players, and the AHL would actually probably be a higher level of competition because yep. you have even, even better, like, young talent. Like, that's. Well, that's why they have those rules in place because of the exact reason. Because all the first round picks of the NHL draft would just immediately go to the AHL if they're not ready. I mean, first, maybe second or third. Like you're probably getting third to third to seventh rounders staying for another year or two. So it's like it's it's that's why the rules are pretty much unless you're using them on your NHL team, they come back to us, which is yep. fair because again. Those leagues would be devastated, <laughs> constantly devastated on their best talent, and it also theoretically could even hurt development because some players like thrive in that in that environment, and that extra year there helps. So it's like, yep. I don't know. Anyway, back to Gunther. I my my hat trick tonight. My my hattie. Uh, I'll, I'll probably hop on stream like immediately after we're done recording this and watch the game. But 
uh, best of luck to you, and I, I, I really hope he, like, makes it hard to take him out of the lineup. Like, I, I really yeah. hope, like, when Schmaltz comes back, it's like, you know what, maybe we'll just keep you up the year. Like, not throw him in the fire and lead us, but it's like, hey, the season's going to be a punt anyway. Why not, hey, we got this young kid. If he looks good enough, like, if he looks like he belongs here, hey, let him just develop here. And, like, that's just what I would prefer if he, he plays the way he can and, and steals that spot. Probably well, God, not going to happen this year. <laughs> well, we all know there will be space. Like, there's a lot of veterans that are just veterans that are most likely going to get moved at the deadline and whatnot. So it, there will be space, but it's just really up to them. To be honest to me, like, this is going to sound rude. I still don't think he's nearly that ready to be in the NHL. Like, just looking at him, comparing him to even, like, my 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 boy, my boy Nate Smith down in the uh, AHL, I still think that Nathan is further along than Dylan, and it just makes no sense to me why you'd keep Nathan down in the AHL and forcibly, like, put Dylan Gunther in a worse situation than potentially going and go back with the uh, Oiler or Oil Kings and, uh, you know, win a... Win a little memorial cup or whatever it is down there but is it really like a, a waste because like we, we talked about this especially with kyle kapabianco we talked about you know players you know over overcooking in the ahl you can only learn so much once you've hit that peak you you win that championship at the chl level i think he's specifically in the whl because he won with the edmonton oil kings yeah and so like theoretically could that not be worse to send him back down and be like well whether you go back or not it's like he already feels like he's conquered that but then you bring him to the nhl it's like he's got a whole new like mountain to climb like it all depends on the individual obviously and like i i have no idea if i'm just getting in my own head right now but it's like theoretically couldn't that be a thing i don't know because for me dylan gunther isn't a bottom sixer right He's not mm-hmm. a bottom sixer. You have to put him in top six minutes. And is he ready to take on those pros that come with that top top six minutes time? Right? You're talking about other first and second lines of the NHL that he's going to have to go up and compete against. And if they make him look stupid, that could shatter a kid's confidence. Right? So, to me, in that sense, like if you're not putting him on the bottom six, then you're honestly better off making sure that he plays one more year down in the uh, minor leagues. Yeah, which is still logical, but at the same time, I, I love Michelli. It's like Michelli's spot, that, that second-line right-wing spot, that could easily just be Gunther's spot. And then Michelli, you have him stay in the top nine. And then you can have, like, McBain and Michelli on your third line. I know McBain, they started him on, on the fourth, but it, it's just, like, theoretically, that... that top six position is open because me and you were struggling of who's going to get that second line right wing spot anyway, going into the season. So theoretically, if he plays well enough, this is all contingent on if, if he looks ready. And the main reason I didn't think he was going to is because in that game in Tucson against Anaheim, there was, I think two different opportunities in the second, isn't the, yeah, I think it's the second period. Cause I was watching it over there. It's like, he had the opportunity to pop in a, a rebound or he had the opportunity to, to finish off a one T and yeah. he just didn't have that killer instinct yet. And again, I couldn't tell if it was just, you know, he's not used to playing against, you know, half pro team. I couldn't tell if it was just because it's a preseason game. I have no idea how he's also injured. Guys are trying. He's also injured getting up to speed. 
that's like another one too. So it's like I wasn't sure if it was like it's just better to throw him down for the extra year anyway. And it's like you know he's good. Let him get one more year. He should be fine. It wasn't like I was worried. It was kind of like I just don't think he's ready this year. But if you know, he he did something to earn the the spot, like because I, I don't think BA and and uh, and head coach Andre Turnier are, are comfortable with doing the Barrett Hayden treatment, where John Chica made sure that Hayden was on the roster for the first like month, whatever it yeah. was, even though he didn't really play. Just because, oh, you, you get used to the NHL style, and in reality, you're skating with NHLers, but you're not skating with NHLers. So it could have had you know worse effects on, on it, because you're not really in game shape. You're not playing games. So it's like, I, I don't think they would do that like unless they really thought he showed something and he could take the spot this year optimistically, not like guarantee. So I don't know. I think, depending on how he plays, it's entirely possible he sticks around. I still think five games he goes back down, but they saw something, and I'd really like to see it too. <laughs> I, I I think what they saw to me were the two most important plays in preseason that I saw from him. Were um, it was one that Baird Hayden ended up capitalizing on, and then there was one other play that somebody else ended up capitalizing on. But um, those two plays were he. Uh, was able to steal a turnover in the offensive zone and go in and get a really good primetime chance. Um, those two plays, I think, are probably what got him the look, would be my guess, because those were really good like defensive steals into a great offensive chance. Uh, and if he can continue to push himself that way and end up becoming like a Mark Stone, that would be really, really good for this team. Something that we've been desperately needing is somebody who's, like, sneaky good in that sense. Coyotes fans, would you trade Connor Garland and OEL for Mark Stone? I would. <laughs> I would. I, for for it, a young Mark Stone? Yeah. Realistically, we're trading Connor Garland one for one for young Mark Stone because, like, OEL is just for the bad contracts, which we still won that, by the way, because we got all the expiring contracts. Yep. That was what... <laughs> but... It's like, would you make that trade? I, I would trade Connor Garland for Mark Stone. Love Garland. Mark Stone's a better player. So, like, if, if Gunther just keeps developing, if he if he just keeps working, like, he's still in the prospect phase, he could still yep. be any any kind of player. And it also, the wheels could fall out. Like, we've seen way too many times where yep. that's happened. So we're, we're the cautious type here. But I'm just saying, like, back of my head, five games down, but... If he ends up playing really well today, that second line right wing spot is not solidified. Like the, I don't even know why. Like Fisher, I think it had to come down to he's good for the locker room and he scored a couple of goals in the preseason that got him his roster spot this year. I don't know what the hell Cassian and Tuna are doing out there. I know what they're doing out there. You you go hit, but Cassian's been really uh, undisciplined in that first game and really like put the Coyotes at a big disadvantage being out there on the ice. And Tuna is just the exact same player, like in my opinion. Yeah. And I think if you're going to be undisciplined, that's fine, but you better be crushing somebody with your undisciplinedness, mm-hmm. right? Like, Give me and I'm not saying body hurt. check, a momentum shifting body check. Yeah. And I'm not saying like God hurt somebody. Like I don't, I don't agree with that sentiment, but like mm-hmm. if you're going to go out and try to lay a hit and it ends up being, I don't know, an interference or something like that, like it is what it is. But at least you're trying to go out there and be physical. Like, that's my my biggest concern. And 
I feel like that first game, we didn't see a lot of that. We saw a lot of, like, pushing and shoving, and there was that goal that uh, Pittsburgh ended up scoring where, I don't remember who it was, but they were, like, celebrating in Vimelka's crease and essentially, like, look, like staring at him, like, celebrating, like, insultingly at him. And uh, afterwards, there was a scrum, I would call it. I don't think it was a fight. It was just kind of like a scrum um, and, like, that's the type of stuff that you're going to want to see out of this team. This is what Bill Armstrong's trying to produce is this physical, mean team. And um, I felt like f- uh, quite a bit of that game, we were, we were pretty quiet in that sense of being physical and mean. A lot of dumb penalties that weren't any of that. I think, like, what... You had, like, probably one of the better hits was, I, I believe it was Stetcher hit Crosby off in the corner. And yeah. And the, that I got under Crosby's skin. He went over there and sl- slashed him, no penalty. And it's like, oh, well, you didn't see the play of four. It's like, I don't know if it was interference or roughing or whatever. I don't know if it's just you're not supposed to touch Sidney Crosby. But there was a phys- there was physicality in the corner, and then, you know, they're kind of jawing each other back by the blue line, and, and he gets slashed, no call. So it's like, yeah. at the very least, we're doing something. But Wasn't I, just- I, I want to see more of the big hits the big legal checks shift that momentum i want to see a guy get rocked and like if you can get an nhler to even second guess for a quarter of a second should i go in the corner right now you can win a, a board battle and get a premium chance in front of the net with a good setup pass like you, yep. it's what it, it, it's all about so i'm like i want to see more of that and a little less of like the, the scrums after whistles, because I feel like a lot of the scrums after whistles were just kind of frustration scrums where it's like, oh, we're getting outplayed. And I'm like, I, you know me, I don't like the we're getting out skilled, go punch a guy mentality. I like the go, you know, rough him up, like check him, but use the, those checks to shift momentum, not like like a yeah. toddler throwing a fit. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Um, definitely. It, it's that, that physicality that makes you look over your shoulder, makes you second guess yourself. That's the type of physicality that we want to see. The Like you're saying, uh, do I want to go into the boards and play this puck right now? Or am I just going to rim it and <laughs> pray that I don't get hit, right? Mm-hmm. And like um, that quarter of a second could buy you a lot. Because if you're not engaged and you're still kind of skating over there, like... Even a guy like Connor Garland, like that's enough time to get the edge or sneak in behind someone. And even if it's just a, a tic tac pass, if you're fast enough, like that's sometimes all it takes. Yeah. Like I want to see a, a couple of pretty plays. Again, we're not winning forty games this year, but I would like to see some closer games and some good plays and the core continue to grow. Like I, I want to see what the the cup run team is going to look like. <laughs> I would like to see the beginnings of that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I uh, completely agree. And also, I just want to mention live update here. I know you guys are going to hear this and you're going to be like, yeah, I already know the score and the outcome of this game. Already down <laughs> one goal, power play goal ah, for Boston. So, right, because we're terrible in the penalty kill. It's funny. It's like, oh, hey, you know, we want to fix the penalty kill. I think we gave up, what, two power play goals or three power play goals the other night against Yeah, Pittsburgh. something like that. And then it's like, we got to improve that power play. We had no shots on the power play. We had a 10-minute span in the first period, like 10, 12 minutes, but they didn't record a single shot. I thought they did, but they didn't actually record the shot. It's like, again, I'm not expecting winning every night. I'm expecting, give me competitive hockey. Lose 3-1, to 4-2, to 5-3. to three. 
a goal or two difference. <laughs> That's all I want. And, like, in the second period where Vamelka is, is locking back in, I think he had, what, 47 saves or something like that? Five yeah. or six goals against, but he had, like, 47 saves. That's, like, the fifth time he's had 46 or more saves. He broke the record for rookies last year with four of them because, yep. like, the defense bends too much. It's way, way too much bending. And even though, like... 20 of those shots could be pretty easy saves, pretty pedestrian. You're getting that goalie moving more. You're wearing him out. You're tiring him out. It's all about, you know, if, if someone faces 15 less shots, they are more energized for those harder, those harder chances. Whether they stop it or not, it's higher than the statistical likelihood you stop it. Yeah. Like, again, you also don't want the opposite effect. Remember Bruce Golov? He wouldn't face a, a shot at the first 10 minutes of a game. Yeah. He would give up like three or four on answer because he'd just get bored. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then you, you had the outliers like Mike Smith, where in his prime, he would go up against 56 shots and stop them all because it would like zone him in more. So I don't know. It, it's a tricky it, thing. Goaltenders are weird. Yeah. Like they are so, like, some goaltenders. You, you, you get five shots in the first period, and they're thankful, they're unenergized, they're locked in for the rest of it. Some goaltenders they face you know twenty five shots in the first, and they're locked in and good to go. Like the goalies, it is such a weird position, and there yeah. is no generic consistency because the best goalie in the league this year might be an AHLer in three seasons. Yep, and that that's that is hyperbole, but I'm just like <laughs> how how much it just. It, it's not consistent. Goalie is one of the weirdest positions, man. Like it's, yep. it's weird. Yeah, I agree with you there. Who had the two goals? I want to say uh, Richie. Richie did. Oh, it was both Richie. You're right. They're both Richie. And I was making fun of Toronto fans. I'm like, hey, Richie has two goals, and Labushkin's not even playing for Toronto anymore. Because like, the amount yeah. of people are like, oh, well, you know, I don't even care that with that Richie scoring. You know, it's like we, we won the trade because we needed Labushkin. You didn't even keep him. Nope. <laughs> you rented him. You didn't get out of the first round again. And then, like, <laughs> and he gave up a second again. as well, right? I th- I'm pretty and sure. What, that's well, this season or is it next season? I think it's next season. So I think it's a third this season, but they can opt for a second next season or something like that. And you know they're absolutely going to do that because that's what Bill Armstrong wants. He doesn't care for the short term. He's looking the long term. Because that extra second round asset this year, let's say you're getting a player the caliber of Liam Kirk, right? With that third round pick, like a good prospect. Uh, injuries might very well derail his career. Hopefully, he, he bounces back this season in Tucson. But good young prospect, just not one of the upper echelon. Or yep. I could have an extra second round pick a year from now. And even though we're not quite sure how that draft class is going to really look yet, that's an extra asset. That's an extra. Pretty premium yep. asset that you can help flip back up higher in the second round, package that in another second to get back into the first round with an extra extra pick. Like there's so much you could do there. They're probably unless they see someone like, oh, this this draft is gonna be even deeper than the last draft, we can do something with that third, they're taking the second. Like they're, yep. they're gonna take that second round pick. Yeah, they are playing chess, not checkers, my friends. And when we have that cup in a forty seven hundred seat arena, you know what? They they should when they move into this new arena, this new Tempe arena, yep. if they have playoff games, they should host all playoff games in Mullet. They should just be like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna use this forty seven hundred seat arena just like to piss off the Canadians. We'll have watch parties in the regular arena. You can sell them for like twenty bucks a pop or whatever. But the actual <laughs> team plays As- out in Mullet. <laughs> Aside from your trolling, that would be crazy in the either the opposite direction though. Like let's say you fill out the big big boy arena and then 
like you have the small arena for like your reserve watch party. That that well, that would be actually really really cool. I'd be able to afford a, a playoff ticket. Yeah, I would just go to Mullet. I would just <laughs> watch it on the screen and Mullet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thought. I didn't think about that. Just say it. Look, I I know I'm a bit of a troll, and I know I've had to I've had to quiet down the the crap posting just a little bit, just a tiny little bit, but. Come on, these are great ideas. Imagine, imagine just to uh, like to own the libs, quote unquote. Like you just, you, we're we're not going to use the sixteen hundred seat arena. We're going to use the forty seven hundred seat arena for the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> no way in hell that would happen. You'd you'd want oh, those no. profit <laughs> margins, but it would be funny. It's a fun thought experiment. I will give you that. It would be really <laughs> funny. Just like you see how piss off all the Canadians. You see how in NHL 23, the R Arena is not Mullet Arena. It's the generic AHL Arena, and it yeah. still says Glendale, Arizona. Yep. <laughs> didn't even didn't even type in Tempe. Couldn't even do that. Too lazy. <laughs> like, if it's going to be Glendale, then just keep the old arena. Like, what was the point? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they could still technically use it. It's like it's just like a, a license fee. And considering the building doesn't even look like that anymore, like, I... I don't think I'm assuming it would go to Glendale. I'm assuming that because it's a small license fee, they wouldn't care. Or yeah. if it has to go through the NHL, and the NHL is no longer partnered with. It's like, oh well, there's a complication there. You're telling me Glendale wouldn't work out a small agreement for a video game license? Like that city yeah. is bleeding money with their bad decisions. Yep. <laughs> yep. Anyway, Coyotes are O, one and O. To start the season, well, it was was it six three or six two final? Six two, I believe. Yep, double double Nick Ritchie goals. Yeah, because I, uh, I I was streaming the first period, then I, I went to go lay down because I just felt tired. I was in here playing NHL twenty two, listening to the next two periods, and I'm like, you know what? It's same thing with last year. If the games were forty minutes, this team's not bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this team's not bad. Uh, did you notice like? Was there a standout player for you that wasn't named Nick Ritchie? Was there anyone that like surprised so f- you? you know? So for me personally, um, I still think he has to work on his foot speed. But uh, the way Connor Timmons was moving the puck in the offensive zone, I really liked. He had that post chance where he hit the post or maybe it was tipped and hit the post. We don't really know. It was kind of hard to see. Uh, but mm-hmm. really good shot from the point by him. He looked like he was pretty NHL ready to me. I, I still worry a little bit about the foot speed and getting, uh, you know, back in order to play defense with the lacking of foot speed. But overall, um, I liked a little bit of his game. Uh, anybody for you? Honestly, the the first period that I was watching, the only standout would have to be like Carol Vimelko's resilience going into that second period. And like at one point, he had four goals against, and his save percentage was 900. Because I think he had, like, what, 40 total shots? So it's it's one, yeah. nine saves for every one goal against. Like, it, the yeah. fact that this man, like, his back is broken already, game one, from carrying this <laughs> this team on, on the back end. And, yeah. like, he was able to, to fight back and even put up a decent third period, all things considered. Like, again, to our expectations, it's like, I, I think that that's something admirable, but I also, like... I know Carroll does that. It's kind of like one of my favorite things about him. He shouldn't have to face 50-some-odd shots a night, though. That's yeah. why you need a good backup goalie. Um, other than that, 
I remember a couple really good plays with Barrett Hayton where he was kind of driving. He was applying pressure as one. I think it was in the first period over in the offensive zone, the uh, our right-hand corner. He actually applied some pressure, forced a turnover. I don't think anything came of it, but little things like that, it's going to get him points. It's going to yep. get him scoring opportunities. Um, I just I want to see more of it. Maybe he pl- Gunner played with Keller tonight, right? That was the, um, that was the lineup? I think so. I didn't check the lineup, so I, I, I'm not even going to say I think so. I don't know. But, you know, they were changing up a little bit throughout the game, but I think it was him and Michelli out there for a decent portion of that first, and it's like, Michelli is a good scorer. He's a, he's a good, skilled player. You have a couple of guys that let them connect, some things can happen. So like, I, I did appreciate that. Um, I, I wanted to give Josh Brown more credit, because in the defensive zone, he's, he was really solid from the, the entire first period I was watching. Problem was, my first play, I think you were still watching the stream at that point, yep. the first play that I called his name, he turned it over in the neutral zone. There was a scoring chance going the other way. So it's like, he's kind of, he is what people probably remember as a Beanick McCulloch being. Ridiculously, like, solid defensively in your defensive zone, forgetting all the actual, like, other positives Z had to his game, like his decent two-way ability. But it's yeah. like, that's where he shines. Anything else, I'm like, probably not the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't really have anything else to input wise. Uh, did you want to move on or do you have a few more things that you want to talk about for that first game? Uh, let's move on from the first game. But let's go ahead and okay. just get your quick thoughts on Yuso Valamaki and Connor Ingram. Because my first reaction to the Connor Ingram one was, and it isn't even like, oh, he's a terrible goaltender. It's wasn't that the guy we scored five on for the last game in Glendale? <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. And um, he hasn't had a lot of sex success. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> uh, Richie's su- in the doghouse. That's a yeah. man in the doghouse. <laughs> he hasn't had a lot of success in the NHL, but uh, he, he's proven himself to be quite good in the AHL. And I think he had a really good game against, I think it was Colorado in the playoffs. Um, he's he's shown some flashes of of brilliance and i think that's what they're banking on similar to darcy kemper uh back when he was in minnesota right because i I think a lot of people forget how kemper looked in minnesota he was not very impressive in minnesota uh to say the least and then that's when he went to la got a little bit better still playing a backup role and then uh came to arizona and that's where he started to shine and i think that's a similar process and I am uh, pretty high on him. I think that Coyotes are always good at uh, turning goalies around. We do it all the time. Uh, Devin Dubnik, Darcy Kemper, Scott Wedgwood, Mike Smith. Um, even people, uh, people forget Mike Smith Hop- was seen as being done. Yeah, like, people forget that it's like he, like my dad said it. I think best like at the time is he he'll have one good year wherever he goes, and then he'll get whatever contract or he'll get the job, and then he'll immediately start either sucking or putting up mid numbers. And that was yeah. like almost exactly what happened here, except for he put up better numbers consistently. Yeah, and I I think if you even go f- even further back, I want to say even Hobby Bulin was like struggling, and then he came to Arizona and he was even he he was played really well. Um, he was a Winnipeg player. Okay, was he? Maybe I'm thinking of somebody Wait. else. Am I thinking of not Hobby Bull? Oh, Curtis, Curtis Joseph. Curtis jo- Joseph, I think. He had one of his two years. I think it was his first year here was good because the decade in the desert year wasn't good. Because I remember one, he came here because no one else, like, oh, 
no one else thinks I can still be a starting goaltender, and it's like mm-hmm. I'm gonna go prove him wrong. I, I, yeah, that's, I think that's what you're talking about. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I, my memory gets a little fuzzy when we go that far back, so <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna pretend. Back. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> pretend like I remember those times when I was six years old. Uh, but I, I do remember, like you know, we we've had really good success with goaltenders, and I I do like Ingram, and I think that uh, I think he'll find success here. I think that competition's always good, especially for those two. <clears throat> it's going to be something that's going to really propel each other to becoming better uh, goaltenders. Mm-hmm. As for um, Valimaki, uh, first round pick for the Calgary Flames hasn't really panned out well to yet. Uh, you, you can't hate on giving a guy a shot, right? And here in Arizona, our defense is... Uh, still open you know we're looking for the guy especially we thought chicken was the guy probably not going to be the guy we really like Gus to spare but we know the reality of that situation which is he's probably going to be on a team going into the playoffs you know by the end of the season and when they cut you really, off, he will be gone he will not be on this team after at the end of the season he will <laughs> be on a different team <laughs> yeah and so with that being said, like spots are open here in Arizona defense. It's it's free game. You got both left and right side is not set in stone. Um, so maybe that's a chance for a guy like Valimaki who can come in and try to compete and not just make the everyday roster, but even push himself into the top four, maybe even first line minutes. I, I think Valimaki, with the amount of people that were like, hey, take care of him, Arizona, whatever, it's like, even with, I think he's had a couple of injuries, it's also, my logic is, Calgary is a very good team, like they're a playoff team, that's yeah. going to be a tighter space. So if yeah. he's a kid that might be a fringe kid, I think he's, what, 24, and Connor Ingram's 25, it's like, why not give him a shot on a roster like this? Again, they're going to lose a lot, but if you have guys that are like, hey, I want my NHL spot, I want to yeah. establish my game, like, those are the best kind of players for a rebuilding team because even if you do not keep them, you know, three years down the line, you can sign them to a one-year extension and trade them. You can trade them off at the deadline as a rental. You can, you know, have them be part of the next couple of years to get this culture going where you want it and then bring in yeah. those upgrades later on. Like, that's, I hope them all the best. Connor Ingram, even though it's a little bit of a meme, like, oh, you know, is that the guy that we, we beat in Glendale? It's like he, despite the fact that he had a – three four three or something like that goals against in the playoffs when they got swept against the cup champion colorado avalanche he had like a what nine twelve save percentage it was above 900 which is freaking yeah. impressive in, in those four games he started three but in those four games i think what uc sorrows got hurt in the first game or was he out the entire playoffs i don't remember i i i'll be honest with you i can barely remember what i ate yesterday so <laughs> that's fair. stats stats are are always rough with me um i can remember you know, faces and things like that, you know, players and whatnot, but down to nitty gritty stats, I, I can never remember. We're down two nothing, by the way. Oh, very solid. All right. So I noticed that I we're, like- also, we're, we're also uh, doing exactly what we uh, are known for with only three shots on goal versus the Bruins 11. <laughs> very good. Dude, the, the shots at one point against. Uh, against Pittsburgh, they were looking like Pittsburgh could have hit like 50 or, or, or something, or was it 40? No, I think it was 30 before we hit 10 because they had like 20-some-odd in the first period. Yeah. Like, it, it was ridiculous 
Um, but let's go ahead and talk. Let's shift gears real quick. I want to talk about Tucson. I, okay. I, I have some couple numbers in front of me. I'm trying to get all of the notes of like all the different um, teams. I want to talk as much as I as I possibly can because that's the loser I am. But talk about Tucson. That first game, shutout win at Henderson. Uh, they win two to one. Milos Kellerman is first from Nathan Smith and Cameron Hebig. So Smith gets on the board, and then Tyson Empe is first from Travis Barron. Ivan Prozatov starts out with a. Was it 30, 30, 29 save effort to yep. open the season? And today, John Gillies gets the start, and I was confused. And this right here should tell you exactly why they they claimed uh, Johansson and Ingram. Yep. Gillies in 25 minutes, 42 seconds played, nine saves, five goals against. Prozzi had to come in and relief and stop five of five. They are currently... Right now, down, I think it's 5-2. to two. They have two goals. Uh, one of them, uh, both of them, no, wait, one is Ronald Knott, his first from Carconi and John Sebastian Day, and then Day scored his first from Michael Carconi. So Carconi is still producing uh, consistently down there. He's at a, a point per game pace right now. But yeah, it's that Jason or John Gillies is never a guy that I'm like, I look at that signing, oh, he's going to be the backup. It's like I thought it was Prozzi's job to lose for the backup, but it's like, but you need – AHL goalies, you need, you need you know, yeah. depth, and it's like his first game, he's already getting blown up. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good sign. That's uh, real sad for Gillies because I'm pretty sure he was pretty highly regarded in the Toronto organization, and uh, does not seem like he is doing too well. Uh, obviously, it is just one game, so we'll see. Maybe he can bounce back, but yeah, five goals on nine shot is not acceptable. By any means, not not at all. No, it's it's bad. It's just plain bad. I'm trying to also pull up um, ASU women on the 12th. I, I hope that the notes are finally fi- the notes are finalized. Uh, they they won that game four to two. So let's talk. Just go ahead and switch gears again. So uh, the first period, 22 seconds in. This was a really weird like start to the game. So there's immediately a penalty. 17 seconds in, and five seconds later, Mason Walker her first on the power play. From a Florence odd, and then in the second period, GCU scores back to back, including one goal that shorthanded I I called. <laughs> I yep. don't know if you saw. I saw the, the vlog. The clip yep. I so it's about like five minutes or so before the third period starts, and Elena was tired. She's like, "Hey, you know, if we stay here any later, you're driving home." And I'm like, "I'm not driving home from Tempe." So as soon as we leave, I'm like on the on the vlog. I'm like, "Oh, they're winning like three to two as a meme." Like, "Hey." uh, uh, Tristan Craig's going to score them. But then on Twitter, I'm like, they're, so we're leaving early. They're going to win 4-2. to two. Mason Walker, her second of the night. Uh, Jillian Ketchum, her first. And Madeline Pladson, her first. Uh, one's a power play goal. The Ketchum goal shorthanded. They win by a final score of 4-2. to two. They beat GCU. <laughs> you called it. <laughs> I, I I do that. Apparently, I, I do that. That was at uh, Oceanside, right? Nope, that was at Mullet. I was oh, at that was the at first, Mullet. like... I was at the the pregame, at the, the first like technical game at Mullet because it was before the official opening. Okay, and that was where I bought that ASU uh, the ASU jersey, and then I, I wore the the hot pink one my wife ordered me because it came in that day. <laughs> and then are is uh, the question I had was uh, are the women's are they consistently going to be playing out of uh, Mullet as well? Well, when I was looking at their schedule to start the season, it's, on half these games it'll be like oh summer 
at uh, Oceanside. So I'm assuming if okay. there's a scheduling conflicts, it's going to be at Oceanside. Others are arena to be determined. So I'm assuming it's, hey, depending on what the men are doing or depending on if there's like gymnastics or a concert or something like that, gotcha. they'll play there. Um, but it's like, you know, they're 3 0 0. Like, they're a pretty damn solid team. I, I like yeah. a lot of the. A lot of these girls on the team so it's like it's they go out there they, they work hard they're pretty good at finishing what they start and uh i, I highly recommend like look I, I know there's some weird stigma around women's hockey for some reason but it's like it's not quite as like pure skill as i think the pwhl it's like everyone like talk about the pwhl it's all skill most of the women's leagues are skill which is fair women tend to not be like quite as consistently physical as, as the men's game are but it's yeah. like these girls, I don't know if it's just because they're in the ACHA, not the NCAA, but it's Division One competition, and they're constantly going in the corners and getting the dirty airs. They're not getting, like, too many big checks, but it's, like, it's some pretty grindy hockey. Like, it's, yeah. it's really, like, entertaining hockey. I'm like, I, I highly recommend checking it out. Like, it's I, – I don't I don't feel like I've wasted my time the couple games that I've gone. It's been really fun. Like, especially, yeah. like – if you're someone like me that has less money, like, oh, I can't afford the boys or can't afford to go to, like, too many, like, the, the ASU men's games, like, just go to the women's. Like, it's it's honestly pretty entertaining as well. Like, it's a, it's a pretty good show. Like, I highly yeah. recommend checking it out. Yeah, for sure. And I was really close to going as well. I uh, just ended up having some work conflict at the end. And I, I really do want to go and, and check out the women's game because I absolutely do want to support their side and uh, make sure that we can... Uh, get them up and going as well. That's why I was curious about the Mullet Arena was because I, I really do hope that they can uh, keep playing in, in the Mullet Arena and, you know, getting consistent ice time there all the time mm-hmm. would be really, really good for them. Now, let's go on to the boys. The boys. boys. So last night, first goal, we already talked about it with uh, about, what, 40... Or is that 36 seconds? I'm I'm an idiot. 46 seconds left. Joshua Doan, his second of the year from Lucas Sillinger and Jackson Niedermeyer. It, yep. Is he the kid of Scott or Rob? I don't know. I know he is one of theirs, though. I, I do hey, know oh. that he, he comes from hockey parents. Jackson. He's a defender, right? Like uh, I believe Scott? so. Yeah. Jackson Niedermeyer, Elite Prospects. Let's go, boys. Arizona State University. I, I need to make a video at some point about, like, I, I've been planning it for a while, but I need to actually do the freaking work. But, like, yeah. his father is Scott, by the way. And he has a okay. brother, his two brothers, Joshua and Logan. But he's, oh, he's a winger. I thought he played defense. Huh. I, I remember, like, there was a little clip on, like, the ASU Twitter. So, oh, you know, defender or from the point or whatever. Maybe he just likes to shoot from the point. But it's like Jackson, like the amount of of famous kids that have gone to ASU already. Uh, from what was it Mario Lemieux's kid went there? Yep. Joshua Do- or uh, D- Shane Doan's kid's going there. Uh, yeah, Scott Niedermeyer's kid. So that, I, I think it'd be a fun video. But then, because uh, apparently he he took the night off from playing with St. Louis in the second period, five forty four. Ryan O'Reilly from Jack Jensen, and the final score is two to nothing. Yep. And let's once again. Let's check in on TJ Septenfelter. Oh, wow. He had, a, he had a pretty terrible second shutout. It was only 30 saves. He, yeah, he only had 40. 30 saves that time. It wasn't ten, his ten normal less. 35, you know, to 40 saves. Oh, God. <laughs> Just what, 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 a, what a trash goaltender. Couldn't even stop 40. <laughs> yeah, Sep- Septenfelter's looked really good so far. And uh, statistically is, is showing that as well. 
Mm-hmm. Like, literally, he has not recorded a game with less than 30 saves in the first five games. He has two shutouts. Uh, I, I know he had a couple of games where he gave up a few a few goals, but it's like the, that save percentage can't be bad. <laughs> He's, yep. and isn't he an undrafted goalie? So I'm, I'm saying theoretically, Coyotes... You're looking for a goalie. I think he... Yeah, John John Gillies is not doing so hot, so... <laughs> might might be seeing Septenfelter down the A next year. I'll, I'll take Septenfelter in the A. Wait, wait, wait! I didn't say that. <laughs> I, I Richie's not getting the joke. He's, oh, he's I got it. I, I, I so got... Just... I had my sex joke. I, I think you're you're just got sex on the mind, my guy. <laughs> you said sex. I did I, say sex. <laughs> I don't that, deny that, and you said taking it in the A. So I did. I, I would never say I'm taking TJ. I would take TJ Septifelter in the A. What are you talking about? <laughs> but I was at this Pokemon tournament, right? So like right before we recorded, that's why Richie was was waiting on me. So, yeah. Uh, my wife uh, wanted to give me a kiss, and I was like, "No, I, I can't. I can't kiss you around here. You know, I, I gotta maintain the V card, or else the nerds won't respect me." And That's this girl true. That was standing right behind my wife. Was like, "I've never heard a dude say that." <laughs> 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 I'm like, "They'll never respect me if I have a girlfriend. They'll never take me seriously." <laughs> That's true. It's true. I'm pretty sure they smell. They smell the weakness. <laughs> He's a simp. Nah, yep. he can't. He can't play our children's trading card games with our our massive anime, uh, uh, you, you know, uh, card sleeves and and, and dual mats <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't think. Of, I was gonna say like bazungas or something stupid, but I don't know what an actual like alternative for bobas, mama jamas, bobas. That's Boba. what you call the bobas. <laughs> This is this has gone downhill. This is yeah, gone it has. so downhill. This is the dirty episode. Apparently, we got nothing. Hey, wait, but- we're we're getting down in the dirty areas right now, boys. We we're right there. Yeah, yeah, we're at the lowest of the low. That's for sure. Just unsubscribe and go away already. My God. But uh, it's a fault. What's up? Let's say want to check in with the Coyotes real quick. It's because as soon as we're done here, I'm I'm cutting this call and, and going to watching the game. But it's like. The shots are twelve to four at the end of the first. They're down two to nothing. Pavel Zaka is first from Felino and Smith on the power play at four hundred three, and Charlie Coyle his first from Frederick and Greer at eighteen twenty four. Good to see Trent Frederick getting some getting some NHL time, but yeah, uh, looks like it's going to be more more of the same. I want to see they've already given up two at least, power play opportunities. At least it wasn't three goals in eight minutes. So <laughs> there's yeah. there's there's positive there. <laughs> You're not wrong. You you are you are not wrong, my friend. Anyways, um, we are approaching the one hour mark, so I think uh, it's probably about time to start winding things down and wrapping this up. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I think uh, the Coyotes are going to suck this year. <laughs> I think they're these winning first- the cup. They're going to win the next eighty-one games in a row, going eighty-one one and zero. They're gonna think about Pittsburgh. They're gonna meet him in the fu- in the finals. They're gonna go down zero to three just to like toy with their victim. They're gonna like actually throw the first three games and then slowly but surely chip away at their faith. Yeah, well, I I thought there was gonna be a little bit more competition here. Obviously, it's just the first two games. I know it's a long season ahead, but uh, so far it's been a little bit struggling to uh, see them playing like this. I was expecting some close games, some physicality. 
I hope that they can find that this year and uh, really find that groove. Uh, aside from that, I think episode 30 is uh, done and dusted. I think we can, we can put this one away. Go and, away. Uh, call it good. <laughs> so just make sure that if you've made this far, I don't know why you haven't, but make sure to give us a like, a follow, a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Uh, mm-hmm. Once again, we do have a video version of this on YouTube, so feel free to watch that if you are uh, liking to watch faces for some reason, weirdo. Uh, yeah, weirdo. <laughs> I guess you're also weird if you listen to voices in your car or in your head. Um, uh, I, I was going to go just for the head joke, but you're like, oh, in your car. I'm like, dog, Like, how, how else am I going to fill the void of silence when I'm driving home or driving to work and contemplating not going home or not going to work (laughs) the eight minutes of advertisements aren't good enough for you oh oh, any radio station blocking browser on my phone i watch youtube that way i'm like i'm sure as hell not it's three ads it's anywhere between two and three ads and like half of them are unskippable at this point i'm like dude you guys did this to yourselves i i was out i I was sitting through all the ads when it was just one ad trying to show support back in like 2018 or whatever. Oh, yeah. As soon as we got to two ads, I'm like, I'm not wasting my time anymore because you're making the platform like inherently worse and then saying, we'll sell you the solution by paying us a monthly fee. You can have no ads. I'm like, or I can just go on this here Google Play Store and look up an ad blocking browser. And now I'm yeah. watching all my content without ads. Yeah. It's not going to work on me if you like if you start like like urinating on my burger, I'm not going to just like pay you to not urinate on my burger, I'm going to go somewhere that's not going to urinate on my burger, and you're just not going to get my money. <laughs> yep. That is for sure. <laughs> all anyway, right, well, about to go live. Go away. Bye. I hate you all. Just kidding. Yep. JK, love you, lol. All right. <laughs> See ya. Bye, everybody.